It's cutting into your exercise time. It's stabbing you in the back nine. And it's attacking your peace of mind. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic, available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello, everybody. My goodness. You know, welcome to the LA Conscious Life Expo. I mean, what what an incredible opportunity to be here among all of these amazing light workers and and from all areas, all modalities. You could feel the energy downstairs. Unbelievable. Everybody. I mean, everybody's around. And, uh, you know, and, and it's such an honor to be here with UBM because, you know, this is like so fun. And the fact that they are coming together to bring all these people and to let you know about the people. So it's kind of like you're getting in, in the living room with us, right? You're getting in into the hot seat with us and along. So this is going to be a fun uh, next hour that we're going to work on here. And I'd love to kind of talk a bit about the different modalities that there are. I mean, most of you know that I am a psychic medium, but there's so many more ways to be a light worker, so many more ways that we can have an impact on the people around us, on the environment, and that we can make change. And that's where Tracy here comes in. So Tracy Bowen is, you know, she's a good friend of mine, but she's an amazing light worker, amazing intuitive. And although she doesn't do the intuitive as in psychic readings professionally she does work professionally as an intuitive designer so welcome thank you yeah and and i appreciate you kind of being here and participating in this and was the energy downstairs not amazing (laughs) it was great it was fabulous a lot of excitement you can feel the electricity in the air and people really um, having that expectation of having a great time here. Yeah, so, you yeah. can feel it, right? John, have you been mm-hmm. down and walking around? I haven't been yet. I'm oh, like, yeah. wow, where do you go? <laughs> oh, I know, it's intense. I usually leave with a big headache. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you, it, 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 the energy storm is there, but boy, it is fun and exciting, and I can't wait to, to play some more. But, you know, what I wanted to talk about is I know that you've been really working in interior design for quite a number of years now and around what you're doing and products that you're working with. But there seems to be this big shift that's happening that, you know, the products of old are not going to be the products of the future, that we can't keep using them and that the energy even within the products seems to be changing. Do you you realize that among your work? Absolutely. So what I've been doing for the past 12 years in California is helping um, architects and designers design their buildings and their spaces using daylighting. So um, there are multiple products out there that um, uh, will allow you to do that. But you're absolutely right. That technology is changing from the time I started 12 years ago to now the technology is completely different. And we're seeing um, many more avenues, many more ways to uh, design sustainably where we're using only daylighting and less uh, electricity or fossil fuels or whatever it may be that um, uh, that's fueling us today. 
so it's been really exciting to see those changes. It's been exciting to see how people, the education level that they were at 12 years ago is absolutely different than what it is today too. Are they, do you feel that this desire for more environmentally friendly products now, was that driven by the client or is it driven by the industry? Who, who's one saying, hey, we, we need to be more conscientious about this? To me, it does feel like it is um, driven more by the architects. That's what I honest. felt. That's yes. what it, it's because people mm -hmm. people maybe are becoming more aware. Are you finding that your clients are, are more aware, maybe more aware to the energy without maybe realizing, yes. it, it, without maybe necessarily consciously knowing it's the energy, but on some level right. they know they have a level of responsibility. Exactly. So they do feel that level of responsibility because they've been taught. Um, in school for many years that they have a level of responsibility to build sustainably. So our buildings that we have uh, now typically need to last, you know, anywhere from 20 to 50 years, depending on the type wow. of building that we're building. Okay. So, um, so they have been taught that. Uh -huh. um, also, it is coming from ownership as well as they are realizing the impact of of um, their clients wanting to have these sustainable buildings and spaces so that it becomes almost bragging rights, but then too, the money is there. What about yeah. sustainable? Like <clears throat> explain to the viewers who may not know what, what oh, you know, sure. we know sustainable, you know, we're thinking Starbucks recycles their cups, right? And right. But what would sustainable be in regards to this industry and when you're saying, the architects are taught to be sustainable. What what does that mean? So sustainability is really taking uh, materials that are recyclable. We uh -huh. can do that as well. Uh, for instance, in glass making, there is a, um, a certain amount of recycled material that goes into that. There are also products that are called cradle to grave products where um, the product itself uses a certain amount of recycled material. Oh, wow. It, and then it also must be recyclable as um, as the end of the life, end of use wow. comes about. So, so, so from, yeah, mm -hmm. I love that. Cradle to grave. That's a Cradle great, to grave. I Isn't love that. that. <laughs> as, as a, yeah. We should maybe use that for mediums, right? Absolutely. Natural mediums. Cradle to grave. How long have you been a medium? Oh, cradle to grave. Cradle to grave. <laughs> I love it. I do. I, I, I think love we've it. coined it. <laughs> yes. But yeah. what would be the biggest example, like from your personal experience, does the, when you're in a building and it has been built with these newer products or this newer technology, do you feel an energetic shift? Do you feel a change in it vibrationally? Um, I most certainly do. Uh -huh. And that is... Uh, one of the things that we do concentrate on when we're talking about daylighting in particular, because humans are what's called phototropic. They're drawn to the light. Okay. So whenever uh, we're using natural light, there's a spectrum of light that humans are drawn to. And so when you're in a space that has full daylighting in it, then um, uh, you absolutely do feel that. But it feels good because the whole team behind the project itself, they know that what they're doing is impacting the environment. Therefore, it's impacting the humans okay. that are in this environment. So yes, it does feel a whole lot better. What's the mm -hmm. most rewarding thing that you are finding in this work? Uh, for me, it absolutely has to do with leaving my mark 
leaving my impact um, on the world of um, whether it's education, whether I'm educating an architect on how to um, really design that space to be workable using daylighting and less, less energy. Uh, that for me, I really like the education part of it, but also knowing that there is a building that I've helped to design or uh -huh. create that is um, uh, a positive influence and a positive impact on our environment and for our future yeah. as well and for the future of our children. When you, when you design a space, um, do you ever become personally attached to that space or not really? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> is I it do. hard? Is it like breaking up with a, you know? It, it is. So there's design intent. So on the front end of the design, you have this scope and you have this design. And sometimes you have to um, be a little more flexible and fluid in creating that space and, and letting go yeah. of what you had uh, initially. But yes, Disneyland would be one of those projects I, I help with. When have you been back to visit a place where you helped build it from inception and now you're able to see it functionally as, as a business space, as a workspace. Have you been able to see that? Yes, so most of the projects that, um, you're right, I, I don't typically get to see the finished uh -huh. um, uh, product, but there was a, a, an architect in Orange County that I worked with for years and it's exactly what we did. We did a couple of projects actually with them where it was their office space. So I did get to go in and see how they're functioning in that yeah. space afterwards. And then also a school. And schools are close to my heart, again, from that education standpoint, but also knowing that these, um, the kids, the students that are in these spaces, they know that they've been designed sustainably. Okay. They feel that energy too. It yeah. has this really calming effect on them. And, um, and, and they understand where it's coming from. They get it. Yeah. And so it's really interesting to see them working in that space. Yeah, so it's kind of neat. You can see. I wonder if it just even helps them with stress, like naturally reduces stress and things like that. You know what would be neat? It does. Um, you know how there's those cameras that, you know, they, they now take pictures of someone's aura or their energy field. It would be yeah. exciting to take a space and, you know, right when it's first being built or maybe if it's being transitioned from something else, take a photo and then take a photo of it energetically after to see if there's like some sort of proof oh. that it does energetically change. Nice. Yeah, you know? I like that idea. Yeah, maybe yeah. you could do that because it maybe would be, I'll do that. It would be so phenomenal because if you have that proof, now you can sit with future architects or now you can go to companies who are manufacturing the product to say, look, this isn't just us talking. This is the proof that, that it does work or that it does shift and change. Nice. Yeah. That's, a, that's a great idea. That would be really interesting. <laughs> Thanks. Well, you know, just give me credit. That's, that's, that's all we'll, I ask for. We'll call it the Colby cam. That's what we're going to call it, the Colby cam. <laughs> but when you go in, you know, when you're, because you, you do help design. You do help kind of think of products or work with products that are going to fit into the space. Is that right? And you don't do all right. the products. You work with one like kind of specific. Is that correct? 
I work with a specific product, but the company I'm with now, they mm -hmm. really want us to focus on being daylighting consultants. Okay. So I have a range of products that I do kind of pull from. Uh -huh. So it's like a layered effect. So we're not just doing windows, uh -huh. uh, but we're also doing skylights and uh, other types of things to bring that um, the light source. That source of that uh, source of light. Yeah. It's so mm -hmm. it's kind of interesting because you know just even in as energy workers, light workers. First of all, it's energy source. It is light. Mm -hmm. It is working with light. Yes. And I actually did a short stint um, in motorized shading systems. Oh. And it was everything that was wrong with my soul trying to block the light that was coming <laughs> through. So, um, so I got back into daylighting with light, and intuitively, it just feels so much better for me. And and that is that was a a testament to really following where your soul your is, soul is. Mm -hmm. and for me that is bringing light into a space yeah and i think and not shading it exactly right exactly so it's it's definitely that uh way of working intuitively um with uh knowing where my path is going uh-huh uh-huh and what i'm comfortable with and, and those two kind of lined merging up merging together exactly Interesting. What would you, if you had to think back to all of the projects that you had and all of the experience that you had with this, uh, what do you find would be the most rewarding one? Is there a particular memory where you go, you know what, you know, using my intuition and using this concept of daylight, you know, mm -hmm. And, and maybe the original architect wasn't as on board, but just kind of having that conversation, showing them they listened and they did it, and wow, this is the impact it had. Do you, do you have anything that you can share from that being rewarding for you? Yeah, well, it's actually a project that I'm working on now. Uh-huh. Um, and it, it did begin with that kind of education because we felt this, when I initially talked to the architect, um, he was wanting, uh, to go in a certain direction with it, but it just didn't feel like he was going to get where he needed to be Okay. Um, in the project with, with what he was talking about and what he was discussing. And and even though it, I knew that I would have to direct him in a way that wasn't going to get me the ultimate sale for my company, right. I knew that was the right thing for him. Okay. And um, so... I presented that to him and he was very grateful for that and we're moving forward in that direction. Yeah. So that didn't get me the the sale on that project, but what it did was it built that relationship. Right. Of, so now he knows trust. he can trust you. Exactly. He's gonna come back to you when he does need something. Right. And not only that, but you are serving I'm serving by living in the truth and the authenticity of what he needs or what his project right. needs versus you know exactly the the material world for you so to speak right because I could have taken that project and said we will do this project for you we're gonna do it our way though but it was more of um, um, when we then went more an intuitive approach with it that we were able to um, do what was best for the project and ultimately that would be what's best for the environment right at the time because we were 
actually able to use less glass Aww. and conserve more energy right. by going the direction that we just, you know, kind of intuitively felt we needed to go in with it. So how does glass impact energy? I mean, does glass use energy? Tell, tell us a little bit about how that works, if you know. I do. So okay. glass is actually um, a beautiful product in the, in the way that it is constructed. It's made out of, it's basically taking sand and melting it. Okay. In a volcano-like process. And when you see it go through the furnace, it actually does look like, um, it looks like lava. Oh, wow. So if you can imagine just the energy that's going into making this material from the earth and it's um and it and it's only heat so it's sand and it's heat that goes into making this glass and it's it's a beautiful process to see then there are different things that you can do to add to it and this is where the beauty of humans come in and their knowledge and what they're able to do in technology so once the glass is created and it comes out in these sheets, uh -huh. they add in, um, it's in a vacuum that they actually add these different layers of metals and they're so microscopically thin. But what these layers of metals do is they either prevent solar radiation from going, passing through the glass, uh -huh. or they add a color to it, or they add some type of thermal performance to it. So that when the glass is installed, it'll either keep the heat in the building, if you're in northern climate, you're more concerned about keeping that heat in the building, right? or keeping the heat from reaching the building, like we're more concerned with here in Florida California. Florida or California. Exactly. Wow. So it keeps the heat out of the building. So yeah, it's like, so it's kind of like coats really, right? You know, right. In, in the Northeast, we're gonna want a big, thick, heavy coat. Mm -hmm. And in California, we're gonna, we're going to be like, we don't need a coat. And then when it's cold, we don't have a coat because we're completely right. unprepared here. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. When I moved to California, I threw away all of my jackets before I moved. And I was immediately sad about that when I... <laughs> Yeah, uh, my, when I needed it again. You know, on a on a side note, there. I mean, it, it's just one of those things. I have a ton of jackets, but uh -huh. because I'm so used to not grabbing a jacket, it could be chilly, and I need one, but then I don't have one with me. So it is. It's just funny, but I'm glad that uh -huh. it is fascinating that these. Um, you know, it, it. You. You know, I don't think most of us would think. I mean, it makes perfect sense that in certain geographical areas, the glass needs to be different. I, I right. don't know if I've ever thought of that. I think I would just think glass is glass. So, and, and how it can be a conduit, really, you yes. know, of energy, of, energy. of either keeping it, it in or keeping it out. Absolutely, and then also what is fascinating about this process is that it's such a space age technology that goes into making it, and not just one person uh, is responsible for the making of this. It takes so many people from the inception wow. of the glass and and the way a lot of times it comes through is such inspiration, whether it's uh, uh, an inventor being inspired through a dream. Oh, wow. Or through um, just, you know, they have all the preparation in school, but then, I don't know, something kind of whispers to them and it clicks. Wow. Yeah, so it's really an interesting process of, you know, it wasn't just one person that got us to this point. It was a lot of different people working in the same direction. So when you go in and you're helping to, you know, tapping into your intuition, tapping into, you know, that higher self and that energy to work with an architect for a building, 
do you find intuitively like uh, we kind of need some windows over here or we're going to need some skylighting over here. Do you intuitively kind of feel maybe where there needs to be more light and where there needs to be less light just for the energy of the space? It does come around in, in, in that kind of aspect because we're dealing with uh, direction as well. Okay. Where the sun comes up, where the sun sets and how the building is oriented. So it's like using... Mm -hmm. It's, it's so incredible because you're using intuition, right. but also the environment or the planet. Absolutely. Right? It, Absolutely. It, it, like, it's, it's kind of like, the, really, our environment is uh, another team, uh, another player on the team that needs to be factored in. Absolutely. Um, and then just going back to the intuition part yeah. of it, what really, uh, where I really follow my intuition is the communication okay. with the architect. Am I understanding what he's needing? Uh, maybe I'm not feeling like I'm understanding completely. So we'll go back in and revisit a conversation or um, it's really in that communication. Am I communicating with each person on the team the way that I need to be communicating? So that intuition comes in uh, quite a bit. As far as the environment, the environment itself gives off such vibrations. Okay. So when we're looking at a site plan uh -huh. of uh, where they're building, you can almost feel like I feel it like energy in my hands now just like I whether wonder if you just worked on a cemetery or something that because I just got this feeling of cemetery and I kept hearing oh. there's there's some ground on us so I wonder if you're gonna be if you're working on something that was built was either previous cemetery or previous burial land somehow I wonder oh. you should look into that I'll look into that yeah because that's pretty crazy yeah that would be interesting yeah I wonder that if would be you, interesting. you know you can just kind of feel because I don't think those souls go away from if they're kind of there and hanging out, I think they would still be there, even right. under the new space. Right. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. Tell me about the most exciting thing that you love about this work, using your intuition, working with the environment, doing it maybe for the sake of the future. What is the most exciting thing that you do with it? Uh, for me, I think it is definitely that even though the conversation isn't specifically geared toward the energy of the pro uh, project and the result, uh -huh. that people kind of, they get it, they understand it, they understand that this isn't just about um, the education of the project, but I feel like there's this wave of consciousness that is definitely developing and and has been for quite some time. Right. So it's really exciting to see when architects get it, yeah. when they understand it, when we're able to provide that solution to um, the inspirations that they're having yes. um, regarding their projects. Is there so. any architect that you've come across that is really like ahead of their time in, in, in regards to what they want to do for the environment or what they want to do for the future, but the product isn't there yet, but the, the vision is there. So not necessarily an architect. There are many, okay. many, many of them. They're actually, uh, there's a top 100 list of architects who are designing sustainably. So oh, wow. there are many architects who are designing sustainably across the nation, but it is, um, it would actually be a, a glass fabricator that I work with. Okay. And his vision, and he is one of those who's definitely a visionary, and you get that sense about him, but he is creating his own systems, like taking from our product, 
creating it into a system and it's called um the end result is called net zero. Okay. So he is not taking anything. It's being off the grid. So you're not taking any from any electricity coming into the building. Wow. You're actually um, uh, so at a, a zero energy level. You're producing wow. through the building materials all the electricity that needs to be all the power that needs to be used within this building. You're not taking from any other source. And he is he's creating those kinds of uh, products. Prod products. Do you feel yeah. that that will be the future of building construction, that it will be net zero, that we're moving towards this net zero concept? Um, yes, and I think that's probably definitely something you're picking up on intuitively because <laughs> in California, uh -huh. by 2030, uh, the goal is to have all buildings net zero. Wow. Yes. Oh, that just yes. gave me chills. Yes. Oh, that's inc you know, yeah. it's time because there mm -hmm. is just so much shift and change in the environment that, it, you know, we can't keep denying what is happening. So right. um, the fact that there are people out there, you know, and these are logical people. These are not... You know, we're not mm -hmm. looking at the woo-woo out there. These are, you know, scientists and business people, and but they're finding, you know, hey, we, we have a responsibility as well, which is incredible. That's kind of what we need. Right. It's got to be um, less about the profit or saving the money and more about how, how right. do we do this the right way. Exactly. So... Within my company, I am heading a sustainable initiative. Oh, good. And uh, we'll yay. see. Yay. <laughs> Fighting the cause. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we'll see how that works out. But yeah. um, I definitely do feel like I was led to this company. Um, interesting. We did mention that this was the same building that I interviewed in. So it does oh, feel a little bit full circle. Oh, it is kind of neat. It's so full circle, right? right? Yes. That, you know, you, you interviewed right. here and now we're talking about it. That's incredible. And uh, many of the people that I work with, they are also very much in tune with the energies of a building, with the energies of people. They're also very intuitive within themselves. So it's, it's been fascinating and fun to work with a group who's also intuitive. Yeah. And uh, some of them will talk directly about their intuitiveness and... Um, and then, and maybe not so much with other people, yeah. but, yeah. but it's there. And that's the thing. I mean, mm -hmm. and that's like really what we talked about at the top of the hour is, mm -hmm. you know, light workers come in so many ways and so many exactly. forms and it doesn't have to be just one way that we are connecting and right. it doesn't have to be just one way that we're giving back, you know, that there's so many ways that we can all contribute to this overall consciousness, you know, right. to raising the vibration. Right. And again, whether it's that individual glass maker that's a visionary, or it's you that is working with the sales and the architects and the practical side at times, you know, to dealing right. with the corporations that are sending mm -hmm. it the people out to help with these projects. I mean, it is so many layers and so many, but all of us, if we can just kind of do that part, we're all contributing, right? Don't you find? I do. So there are so many ways too that you can also, um, on a personal level, affect the environment, which I feel like raises that vibration. And, and then again, when we are working together, when we are living our truth is what I right. call it, 
you know, by, you know, going in the path that really speaks to your soul and you start living your truth, then you start um, gravitating and maybe it's the vibration, maybe you could speak to a little bit more to this, but the, that vibrational pull of um, recognizing the other people who are working in the same way that you're working. Yes. You kind of start to it find is, each other. It, yeah, it's, I think it's like a magnet. Like I can yeah. look at someone's photo and there's just something in their eye where I go, oh, that's a medium. Oh, they're one of us. Oh, wow, interesting. <laughs> yeah, okay. but there's just something where you go, oh, I know that. Like, it, yeah. there's like this unsaid communication, this mm -hmm. unthink, you know, that happens. So it's pretty, pretty neat. But in that idea that you were saying, hey, we each can do something even independently, th that leads me to, you know, I was at Big Bear. Which is interesting. It, uh, Big Bear, it, it is Big Bear, but now, you know, and it's Snow Summit is the place, but it's now owned by Mammoth, right? And it used to not be. It used to be independently owned, and it was bought out a few years ago. But when you go up this one particular lift, there was this huge trash thing, and it would be like, target your trash, target your trash. They would say, hit the target, and that would be mm -hmm. to encourage everyone to throw their trash in one place. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in a way it was a fun idea, but it was, there would be a plethora of trash at this trash can. Mm -hmm. And I noticed this last time I was up when Mammoth bought it, it was very interesting. They removed the trash bin and instead put a sign, don't trash summit. Oh, And oh, it really shifted uh -huh. the energy. Just even going by it, you go, and... And in, in credit to people, they're not throwing trash there, right? Right. right. They're not. So right. they're not still throwing trash. So it what we say or what mm -hmm. we do um, really does have a ripple effect. Really does impact others. It does, and it does. You know, as you were explaining that to me, yes. I mean, just the the thought of when you said because you were talking about the words that we use when right. you, it says "don't trash summit." Yeah. I don't know. I just felt much better than here. Throw your trash. Yeah, here. and it says and it, it, it kind of says this energy. is your home. Mm -hmm. First, it gives you the impression this is your home. Don't trash it. Right. This is the environment. Don't trash it. Right. 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 Now, in someone's personal space, so in their personal home, when we're talking about this lighting, and you know, because if I'm. I don't have the, unless we're building our own house, but most of us are not. Most of us, especially in LA, are renting. <laughs> and most right. of us are renting tiny little spaces if, if right. we're, you know, but in our own space um, and in this idea of light, mm -hmm. um, is there anything that we can do personally to create either that more light feeling or create a better source of light or do anything on a personal level in our own space to maybe raise that vibration. So there are a couple of things that you could do. Okay, good. Depending on the your window situation. Okay. Um, even in, in L.A. Uh, <laughs> we always have this clause. We, we, yeah. <laughs> whenever, we all love being here, but we all have, well, but... Well, exactly. even here, even oh, here, <laughs> like it's a disclaimer. I feel like of all right. the states, we all have this right. disclaimer. Even in LA, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's true because we do feel a little bit like it's it's not LA is not you know typical America, but that's what makes it so beautiful yes. too. Is that there's so many things yes um, that are here that actually represents to me 
all of the United States. All that's but, possible in yes, a lot of ways. Exactly. Well, go back to the windows. So the windows. So um, because we live in Southern California, we do have a plethora of light. I mean, even if your windows are, are probably on the small end, uh -huh. you typically have enough light. What gives you that dark feel is we want privacy because okay. we're like, we're so close, um, close to our neighbors. Mm -hmm. So what gives it that dark feel is usually the window treatments that oh, we have on the it. window. Okay. So we want something that's a little bit more adjustable. Okay, so that's you, a good idea. Yes, just adjustable. And you could do layered treatments. So you have a shade and then you have uh, sheer curtains and then you have a heavier kind of curtain oh, depending nice. so it's just That's different a great idea. yeah it's like layering clothes exactly so great you can pull idea. it back with however much lighting that you want at the time okay if that's not so much of an option for you and you maybe just have a room with no windows in it you'll want to take a look at the quality of your light bulbs okay so these incandescent light bulbs that give this nice yellow cast uh-huh makes it feel warm yes. uh, in the space, but also is not the best quality of light for the human eye, uh, for the human to... So what does the human eye, what light does the human eye want? So if I'm gonna go shopping and I'm gonna go to my local hardware store mm -hmm. and I get to change out the lights, mm -hmm. what lights are, am I looking for to kind of be most in alignment with the soul, the, the, the human body? So what gets, the human body in alignment with the soul okay. is the light that the sun gives off. Uh, so light is actually measured on a spectrum with sunlight being the ultimate goal. Okay. So that spectrum of light that the sun gives off, that's what you want. They do have bulbs um, that are called daylighting bulbs. Oh. Yes. So okay. it's on that spectrum of natural sunlight. But what if, okay, I don't know how much you would know or not know because, you know, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, there is these soft white bulbs, right? You see something mm -hmm. that says soft mm -hmm. white, um, right. or LED light, or, so when we're saying this, like, which of those, like, cause you know, if I'm shopping and I don't know which, which of those, you know, does it say sunlight on it, or am I looking for soft white or natural light, or uh, what, what? Do you know what mm -hmm. the description would kind of be on the packaging to kind of indicate to me? Oh, this is it. This is what I'm looking for. Yeah. So I wouldn't. I don't deal necessarily in electric light. Yeah, I'm yeah. Trying to get away from us using electric light, right. but it's necessary. So um, my my first suggestion would be to use something in. The LED okay. spectrum. We okay. want to get away from incandescence because okay, they got just it. use so much electricity. So more LED. And I don't even know if you can. I think you can get incandescence still, but more LED. It's uh -huh. on that light spectrum yes. of, of natural lighting. Yeah, you see, um, like a I, bit. I literally. So you know, yeah. for anyone who doesn't know, I, I teach here in LA. Um, mm -hmm. You've been in the studio. Actually, yes. remind me to show you the studio later because. Okay. So. In the studio, <laughs> there's. I've had oh. two lights. And they, they were like floodlights, but like, I mean like interrogation lighting, Yes. <laughs> but I love them, <laughs> um, but no one in the room loved them. The students hated them because, um, and I thought, you know, I have to listen. I have to kind of maybe change this lighting. Maybe let's look around and try something different. And so there were floodlight, you know, even though they're, cause that's the kind of socket, but they were LED and they mm -hmm. showed like, they're starting to show this little 
maybe rainbow or you can tell that they're trying to say it's some sort of spectrum which is good yes and that made a huge huge difference oh man everybody and for me it's been hard to adjust to because it feels um softer and and <laughs> so i'm like uh -huh. oh, oh, oh. <laughs> but but you know but but people are going, oh my gosh, this is beautiful. And it makes mm -hmm. them feel invited. And so yes. I think this lighting idea, you know, when we can't have the natural sunlight as much as we want, we, uh -huh. we can play with the lighting somehow in the space. And we can raise that vibration through lighting. Right. And we can, you know, use lighting that does help and, you know, create a more conscious... <laughs> environment which is perfect to kind of really talk about out at the LA Conscious Expo here so right. you know it is it is really important and, and imperative that we start changing what we're doing changing how we're going about it and playing with it and I love this idea that if you're in an apartment with no windows which is quite possible mm -hmm. um, that we can we can kind of do something about the lighting even in our own space even if it's changing the light bulbs. You know, we yes. can create a little more of that impact, a little more of that change, right? Yeah, I'd like to say adding a salt lamp is a really oh, great way. Yeah. Of, yeah, like the Himalayan salt yeah, lamps, I, absolutely. I got a few of those and I'm, I'm, it really has changed the environment where I'm staying, so yeah. And then turning off any of the, um, those fluorescent lights. Oh, those are, yes. And turning on more of the lamps around here, like we're using right now LEDs uh, with here. the pink, pink hue. Yeah. So it's oh, more nice. inviting, right? Okay. So, it is yeah. more inviting, yeah. but you're right. It really right. does have a huge effect on your psyche. It really psyche. does. Yeah. Yeah. It, it does. And that fluorescent lighting, you can, it all, it does like, don't, don't you feel, like, that's why I, I really feel strongly that most people get so drained if they're in an office environment that yes. is not more modern. Yes. You know, in those old fluorescent lightings, being under that, yes. you know, for at least eight hours. I mean, listen, there, there's nothing as an eight-hour workday anymore. I mean, people are there nine, ten, even that's longer, true. right? Mm -hmm. uh, because of the environment of eight hours isn't enough, or they're giving you so much you can't get it done in eight hours. But... Even being under that light, it, it is a bit oppressive in many ways. It's oppressive to the soul. Mm -hmm. You know, the soul can't. And I, I tell That's this true. story, actually. I've told this story before. But, it, you know, just such an example of things, such an example of it is this idea that, you know, I worked in Beverly Hills. I mean, on Wilshire, right by Rodeo Drive. I mean, right, that is fantasy world. <laughs> Huge window. I mean, you guys, this was a, a floor-to-ceiling window, um, but completely sealed, obviously, because when uh -huh. you're higher up, they, up, you know, you, they don't want people jumping out the <laughs> window. <laughs> and it was all fluorescent lighting, and it was a beautiful space, mm -hmm. but the, the energy, and it felt, and, and even mm -hmm. though I had all that window, I, and the, but it just felt trapped, uh -huh. You know, it felt, uh, I always say like a fish in a fishbowl. I couldn't get out. I could see the world, but I couldn't be part of the world. Right. And maybe if, you know, moving towards the future, moving towards, mm -hmm. you know, people like you working with architects, working on the design, working on the foundation. It's like anything. We have to change the foundation in order to change the belief system. Yes. And, and that's what will help. Or maybe it's changing the belief system that changes the foundation. But it's working together to make those happen. Working yeah. together to 
create this shift and, and create this change, yeah, you know? Right. So it's been incredible. And, you know, gosh, I think we're almost out of time, right? So I just, you know, it, I mean, that's flown by, hasn't it? It really has. It's, it's incredible when you, <laughs> but there is so much, this is a huge impact. This is a huge factor in, in our kids, in our kids' future, in our kids' lives, you know? And right. We do have a response. I don't care if you have kids or not. I don't have children. That doesn't mean I am not responsible for helping them move forward, for helping the future. I don't get to gobble this all up and act as if it's mine. It is not mine. And maybe we, as human beings, can be more sustainable. Yes. And by us being sustainable, we create an environment and we create uh, something that is a beautiful conduit for our future, for our children to have a space that is healthy, energetic, that is free from oppressive lighting, if anything. <laughs> Preach. <laughs> so, you know, I want to, you know, thank you, Tracy, for everything you do and the work and, you know, you being the light worker, you are to give back and make change among the architects and industry because. Believe it or not, you are single-handedly making that ripple effect, oh, and it is helping. So be the advocate at your, your work. Absolutely. Take on that initiative, <laughs> and um, yeah, and thank you so much. So, you know, for anyone who didn't hear Tracy, it's Tracy Bowen. So, I, you know, I do want to thank you so much for being here, being on the show, and uh, now you get to go have some fun at the LA Conscious Expo, right? Looking forward <laughs> to it. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, Thanks thank so you. much. Yeah.